Welcome, friends, and blessings to you this first Sunday of Advent. Today we begin our journey toward the birth of Jesus. We take a season, as Christians have been doing since at least the 4th century, to remember those who lived and died, looking for the Savior to come. And we take time to remember that while we are on the other side of his incarnation, we too are waiting. We are waiting for when he will come again for when light will overcome darkness and the light of the world will reconcile all things to himself. Waiting is at the heart of Advent, and waiting is something that we are all too painfully familiar with. Whether we're waiting for a package to arrive in the mail or we're waiting to meet the person we will marry, whether we're waiting with anticipation for the first snowfall of the year or we're waiting for our hearts to stop hurting in the wake of loss. Waiting is actually a key part of the Christmas story. When Mary was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit, as announced by the angel Gabriel, this child, even though he was the Son of God, was still going to take nine months to make his appearance. Mary had to wait. She had to wait for Joseph to understand. She had to wait for things to make sense to her family and friends, which I'm sure was not easy. And for nine months, the world, which had already been waiting for a savior for centuries, had to keep waiting. Somehow, waiting is designed into our experience as humans. In his wisdom, God has ordained it. Why? I'm not sure we can say. But I think it's safe to say that God has work he wants to do that can best be accomplished and perhaps only be accomplished in the experience of waiting. When it comes to waiting, I believe we have a choice. We can accept the waiting and enter into it with God welcoming God's unique work in us as we wait. Or we can reject the waiting and try to impose our own timetable, forfeiting the gifts God has for us in the waiting. Now let me be clear, when I say we can reject the waiting, I I don't necessarily mean that we can skip ahead. There are a lot of things we can't skip ahead on, no matter how hard we try. You can't rush the germination of a seed. Some things we may actually be able to rush, but only at a price. For instance, if you're going to ask someone an important, sensitive question with a lot at stake in that question, you can call them up right now and ask them on the spot. But it might be wise to take time to pray that God would prepare their heart. It might be wise to take time to think about words would be good to use. It might not be a bad idea to prayerfully consider what good timing for your question could look like so that the person will be most receptive. Isaiah 64 verse 4 says this, From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear, no eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those 
who wait for him. This Advent, is there something in particular you're waiting for? Maybe it's a little thing, like an upcoming event you're really looking forward to. Maybe it's something that's not on the calendar and can't be calendared. Perhaps a sense of God's direction for your life, wanting that, wanting a sense of that. Maybe it's answers to a medical question. Maybe it's simply light to pierce the darkness of your depression. At the end of chapter 64, the prophet Isaiah says this, You are the potter, we are the clay, the work of your hands. This is a picture, a beautiful picture of what God is doing in our waiting. Think of a bowl or a cup that's being shaped on a potter's wheel. The wheel turns just like our lives turn. The potter's hands are holding the pot in place at the center of the wheel. The potter is slowly, very gently, applying just a little bit of pressure here to raise the wall of the vessel, or just a little bit of pressure there to curve it out and deepen its capacity to hold. You and I, we are each a vessel. And in our waiting, I believe God is deepening our capacity to hold space for him, to trust in him, to be with him. And as he's deepening that capacity, he's also filling it. He's filling us with his presence, his grace, his love. And as we go about our lives, we are able to touch other people's lives, to pour out something of the love and hope and light of God into the world around us. In the moments that follow, I invite you to close your eyes if you're in a place where you can safely do so. And now with your eyes closed in your mind's eye, Picture the potter's wheel. And on that potter's wheel is some clay, which is your life. And as the wheel turns, the potter's hand holds the clay in place, holds it from flying off the wheel. And as he holds it, firmly but gently, He presses his palm just slightly here, or his finger just slightly there, and the clay is molded. A vessel is taking shape, and he's working with the clay, not against it, but with it. And he is not in a rush. He is all the time in the world. continue to sit with this image for a few more moments. Can you welcome what the potter is doing in your life? Can you bless the waiting?
let's close with a prayer. Maker of the world, you dreamed us, formed us, gave us breath. You are the life who gives us life. Our purpose is hidden in you. We wait for you. Shape us in the waiting. When you seem far, remind us you are always near. When you are silent, speak to us without words. You are the potter, we are the clay. Smooth our roughness, round our edges. Deepen us to hold more of your love than pour out your love through us. Christ, come and heal your world. Christ, come and make us whole. Amen.